Well, it's good to be back in the pulpit and back to normal with uh, church and uh, all the good things that uh, th- I, I just believe and I just have a sense that this year is just going to be uh, an amazing year, amen, yeah. of um, of the Word and um, the anointing, amen, and uh, all the blessings of God are yea and amen in Christ. And, uh, and, uh, we, we made some, you know, I don't know if I'm on here. I don't think I'm, is that on? Okay. I, I can't hear myself, but so what's new? Amen. I'm believing God for my hearing too. <laughs> you know what? That's interesting. I'm going to tell you this. And then I'll tell you about what we decided we're going to do. Some of the things we're going to, we'll tell you everything we're going to do. It's not anybody's business. <laughs> Some of it's personal, you know, but, um, believe it or not, pastors have personal lives. I thought I would clue you in on that. It's not just all public, you know, but, uh, so some things that we do might be personal, you know, just for self-improvement or whatever. But then, uh, other things, uh, you know, we, um, we could share because it could be maybe an example to someone else. Amen. But, uh, one of the things that, uh, that we were talking about doing this, this year is, um, praying in tongues more that we're going to, we're getting up in the mornings a little bit extra and praying in the spirit. Amen. And, uh, it's funny because it's not funny, but it's wonderful, uh, that like this morning we got up and we were doing that and, and it's a, it's amazing how through that the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you and then you'll, you'll come back in English, not necessarily a direct, uh, interpretation or translation, but, uh, the general idea of, of, and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to your spirit and give you direction, amen, and guidance and which way to go for, uh, the ministry and for your life, something personal, amen. So that's one thing we're, we're doing. <laughs> Isn't that good? Yeah. And uh, so I encourage you to do the same and uh, and just let the Lord lead you and guide you. Uh, I heard my uh, friend, uh, Brother Keith Moore, say one time uh, at a Kenneth Copeland meeting, um, he said, the trouble with word of faith people. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's pretty bold to say at a word of faith meeting, you know. <laughs> In other words, all of you, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> but he said the trouble with a lot of word people is uh, they'll bulldoggedly just stand on a scripture uh, for something. And he said you got to stand on the scripture, but you got to also be led by the Spirit Amen. as to which scripture and which direction the Lord's going to lead you and guide you. And I guarantee you one thing: the Lord will never um, will never do less for you than you would do for yourself. He will always do more for you than you will do for yourself. Amen? Do more for you. So, you know what? That song we sang, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, um, that's really true. I mean, if we really trust the Lord, then we're going to be, if we really trust Him, we're going to be uh, uh, in a position where we say, okay, I trust you with my life. And you're doing more for me than I would do for myself. And oftentimes it's hard for us just to let go of that and cast our care on him. So I encourage you to do that too. Amen. 
outcast, whatever it is that's bugging you tonight or this week or whatever, just cast it on the Lord and say, you know what? I'm in faith, believe in God, and I'm casting this whole thing on you. Then I'm going to follow the Spirit and do what He tells me to do. Preach, Pastor. All right. Amen. So, um, I, I, I want, I want you to, to look at the book of, of Hebrews tonight and we're gonna, we're gonna get into some, some things here, uh, concerning, uh, having, uh, entering into rest and, um, I, I think that you got to, one thing about the book of Hebrews, you got to remember that it was written to the Hebrews. And so, and it's good for us too, but it's really written to the Jews. It's really written to the, the Israelites and the, 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 the folks that were uh, around after Jesus had made his journey, you know, from the manger to the cross to the throne amen and so it's interesting that he's he's it's a it's a contrast the book of hebrews between what the law its failure to produce and what the new uh testament the new covenant can produce and does produce amen and so he's trying to get them to see that's why this business of, well, don't preach to them. They don't need it. Uh, it's a, I mean, that's a big kind of thing in, in certain places, you know, don't even witness to them because, because, uh, they're not supposed to be. I heard a, I heard a, a preacher say that. Don't witness to them. They're not even supposed to be saved. And, uh, their, you know, their covenant is still good and it's going. Well, Paul didn't get the memo or whoever wrote Hebrews. We're not sure it's Paul, but most of us believe that it was. And so here we have Paul spending an entire letter, an entire book, or maybe a series of letters, um, to this this group called the Hebrews. Do you think that might have something to do with Jews? I don't know. But anyway, he's just talking to them and showing them what the law, how it failed, and what that old covenant could not do, and yet showing them the new. Amen. And so I think it was kind of like this is always the case in us trying to wrap our head around new revelation. We're not throwing any rocks at Jewish people. This is not anti-Semitic. Please don't write us and tell us, you know, that you think we're Nazis or something because that's ridiculous. But (laughs) it's just crazy because we're talking about the Bible here and we're talking about the Apostle Paul or at least one of his disciples writing this letter uh, to try to get the Jews to see that God and Jesus and the New Covenant is not trying to take anything away from them. Amen. Right. See, so that's the accusation. where You're trying to take their religion away from them and their culture and their practices and uh, shove something down their throat. Well, that's just a lie from the pit of hell, right. to be honest with you. Uh, that's not true. And Paul wasn't doing that. He wasn't saying, take away, uh, you know, take away your Jewishness or take away your, your way of communicating with God or through these things. 
And every one of those, and we don't have time tonight to go into it, but every single practice of like temple worship and, and all the cleansings and everything are a type of Christ. And that's why Jesus even said, you know, you, you don't believe in me. And, and uh, a group of them said, we believe in Moses. <laughs> and he said, by the way, I was in Los Angeles one time a hundred years ago. And uh, not quite, but almost feels like it. And uh, there was a big sign on Sunset Boulevard, you know, that uh, said uh, it was the Bank of Israel. And it said, Jesus saves, but Moses invest. Anyway, perfect for the Bank of Israel. But uh, he's he's trying to show them that um, what they what they had is inferior to what Christ has brought. And why would you stay with the inferior? Uh, when, when you are being offered, that's like having a, a car that's falling apart or something and the, you know, the bumper's falling off and we actually saw somebody today, it looked like their bumper fell off the front, you know, uh, and you know, you just, your heart just kind of goes out to them. But, um, and it was right near where somebody could help him. But anyway, the point is, you know, you see, you know, something with a, the, the bumper falling off and, <laughs> three wheels at work and the engines overheating and, and it's, you know, it's just a wreck and it needs to be, you know, put out of its misery. And, um, they shoot horses, don't they? You know, that's well, that was a movie in the sixties, but, um, sometimes people just need to, you know, shoot the thing, but you know, it's falling apart and somebody offers you that uh, someone else has paid for a brand new vehicle that, you know, would get you to work and that kind of thing and help you and you're not stuck in the ice and the cold and the snow and the whatever, uh, or the flood. And, uh, and you go, oh no, I'm going to hang on to what I've had. Well, you know, that's do your thing, but I'm, it's not the smartest thing, especially if you're depending on that transportation, right? I try to cover all my bases when I preach. <laughs> so otherwise I'll get hate mail, you know, but, um, these days. But I'm telling you, um, this is the way it was. It's like, well, why? It's like we're gonna we're gonna continue to use kerosene lamps when electricity is available, and so it's like there's something better, right? And so the new covenant is better. The Bible tells us that it's new. It's a it's a better covenant established on better promises with a better sacrifice. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is worth way more than the blood of bulls and goats. Hallelujah. And uh, and in fact, Paul tells us again through his revelation that God never took pleasure in those burnt offerings and sacrifices. Never took pleasure. Isn't that something? And so now, uh, you know, you have a bunch of people that are raising up that saying, well, we need to have some of that and get back to that and they're restoring the temple and we're all going to get in there. No, I'm not joining the temple worship because we have the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. It's ridiculous to try to replicate that. It's, it's, it's over. Well, that didn't go over big. It's, they don't, they don't invite me to certain conventions, obviously, because I'm too much of a 
Paul, you know, a Paul, a Pauline or, or whatever, I guess. But Paul did write the revelation of Christ that was given. He said, Jesus downloaded this to me personally. And he said, I've got this revelation of who Christ is and who you are in Christ if you'll listen to me. And so, um, the, the Jews, the, the Hebrews that he's talking to here, he's talking about all the way back to the children of Israel wandering around in the desert. And he said, they could have experienced the goodness and grace of God had they uh, received what the Lord gave them in faith and entering into rest. But he said they didn't enter into rest because they wouldn't let go of what they had and receive what was prophesied even. Amen? They could have walked in all... Did you know that those people could have walked... Boy, this is a bold statement. Those people could have walked in all that we have right now on credit just by receiving the prophecy by faith. Just the book of Isaiah alone could have put them over into victory. And Paul here, assuming it's Paul, is going to, you know, say something about this. Amen? So I want you to look here at Hebrews chapter 3. Praise God. Now, while you're, while you're turning there, uh, also, you know, our, our key scripture and one of the, what has become a theme scripture of this ministry is Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is really, <laughs> says it all. I, to me, that's the heart of the gospel right there. Amen. That we're saved through... Salvation is a gift. It is not a, something that's merited. It is not something that's earned. It is not something that's worked for. It is a gift of God given to humanity. Amen. To receive and walk in the blessings that God has. And Starting with eternal life, that's pretty good. Amen. Eternal life in the right place, too. Not just eternal life and go to hell, but eternal life with here with victory and in the everlasting with victory. Amen. Well, uh, anyway, and I don't want to get into a big eschatology argument, but anyway, praise God. <laughs> We're, we understand what, what, you understand what I'm saying. So, I want to talk about that part there just before we dig into this Hebrews thing. That part there uh, in Ephesians 2.8 that says we're saved by grace through faith. Now, let's talk about faith a minute. You know, uh, the Bible talks about uh, fighting the good fight of faith. You know, we're encouraged through the word to fight the good fight of faith. Well, us faith people, I, the problem is we think that that's all faith is, is a fight. There's a time, <laughs> there's a time to fight. Now, Brother Hagin used to say, well, what's a, a, a good fight of faith? That's the bad fight. What's a good fight? Well, a good fight is the one you win. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. 
you, if you get, you know, you get into a street brawl and you get the punk beat out of you, you don't go home with one black eye and your lip hanging down bleeding and some teeth knocked out and go, that was a really good fight. I mean, they just knocked the, you know, whatever out of me, right? <laughs> and, uh, here, you know, here I am bleeding, you know, but it was a good fight. Well, you looks like you lost. Yeah. Well, I don't think you understand the meaning of the word good. So a good fight would be you're challenged and you win the fight. Amen. You, you, you conquer, you come out on top. And so the good fight of faith is not like, well, we're standing in faith and you know, y'all pray for us. We're trying to make it to the end. That is not faith. That is, that's not good. Bad theology, something's behind that. So the fight of faith, we understand. I, us, us word of faith people, we are the best ones in the world at fighting in faith. Man, I mean, we can, we can rebuke the devil and, you know, and quote scripture and kick and stomp and spit and whatever we need to do, you know, uh, jump for joy and run the aisles and, you, you know, whatever. Brother Hagen was so great at healing school in the days that he did it, you know, with us in the early time once we were there. We started October 1st, 1979, uh, with healing school, and I was there the first day, had to play the Hammond organ and uh, <laughs> for healing school. But um, we were there from the beginning. That's another thing. Scarlett and I were talking today that we figured that, that, that we're already uh, into each 50 years of ministry. And so combined, that makes a hundred years. We got a hundred years of experience here. It's a hundred years. Praise God. Anyway, we're, that's some experience, isn't it? Amen. And we're just starting good. We're just starting good. But anyway, Brother Hagen, way back there, October 1st, 1979 at Ramah, we started healing school and, uh, uh, you know, every now and then somebody would sing the latest charismatic chorus, and if the words were bad, he would interrupt the song and shut it down, which didn't make a lot of song singers happy. But he just said, you know, we're going to sing the right words. And one of the songs was, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. And the first part of that's good, but then it, then it goes to some bad verses. that says, if you want joy, you must jump for it. And he goes, you don't get joy by jumping. You get the joy of the Lord is your strength. You get joy from the Spirit, not by jumping. But see, it's the song leader that wants you to jump because that's the lyrics and they're trying to do like a Sunday school, I don't know, you know, action song. Which, by the way, growing up in church since I was, I, I mean, this, the, the first Sunday that I came out of the womb, the next Sunday, I'm on the pew. You know, I mean, it's like Mama's playing the piano and I'm on the pew. I've been in church my entire life. And uh, just, you know, some of the songs, boy, some of them are good. You know, some people say, oh, those old songs are the best. Well, some of them are good. But there's some of them I wouldn't sing if you put a gun to my head. Because I'm not confessing. Down here below, we got troubles and trials, and we're down in the pits, and I'm telling you, you know, but one of these days, we're going over, and, you know, and uh, I'm not singing that. 
Well, it's got a good beat. Well, so does You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog. That's got a good beat, too. And we're not singing that here. So, just because it's got a good beat. I felt the Spirit. Well, you felt something. So, anyway, Brother Hagin was notorious for shutting down a song. And he said, you don't. He said, never sing that again in my presence, please. You know. Another one that, you want to hear more of those? Another one that one girl got up to sing at healing school there at Rama, the early days was, Set my spirit free that I may worship thee. It was a little worship chorus. And Brother Hagin shut it down, boy. He goes, he goes, if your spirit's not set free, you're not saved. Why would you sing that? Just why would you sing that? He's yelling at her, you know. And she goes, Dad, it was it's a popular song. He goes, I don't care how popular it is. You know. Shake, rattle, and roll was popular too, but we didn't necessarily sing that at the healing school. So, you know. Some people think just because it's popular, it's on the radio. Some church up the street singing it that we're supposed to do it. But you gotta check those words. I don't know if that's for somebody. I've got, I got to the place, you know, traveling that the music was so bad in so many churches. And I don't mean bad necessarily, uh, you know, musically bad, but the lyrics were so defeated. It's supposed to be a word church, supposed to be faith, supposed to be finished work. And they're singing some old song about being down in the dumps and you know, and even though when I fail, he picks me up, and when I'm going under, he keeps me, he bobs me after three times. I don't know. So I got to the place where I just would shut it all out. You know, I would just sit here. I mean, I wanted to stick my fingers in my ear. It's bad when you're the guest speaker, you're in your suit and everything, you know. But I wanted to go, la, 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 you know, so I don't have to hear it. Anyway, I got this honestly from Brother Hagen. Like that, I've told that story before. My mother brings it up every time we see her about the first service at the Crawford Avenue Church of God in 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 Augusta, Georgia. That Brother Hagen was the guest speaker because my dad invited him. He came for ten days. And they sang a song that was so bad. And uh, the whole choir, and they kept repeating the verse, you know, chorus. You Maybe some of you have been in a Pentecostal service like that. And they keep singing until folks are banging their head against the wall and jumping over the pews and whatever, knocking all the chairs out of the choir. So, uh, especially in the deep south, you know, there was a lot of emotion sometimes with that. And um, so anyway, they thought they had really hit a, you know, a vein, a rip snorter. Brother Hagen came up, and I, I saw it. I thought, this is not going to be good, because he comes up with the songbook. And um, I'm 13 years old, by the way. And he comes up with a songbook and opens it up, and he goes, let's go over those words we're just singing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> no, no, we're going to have to pack up and move out of here. So uh, he said, well, whoever wrote that's ignorant of the Bible. Well, who wrote it ended up later being the state overseer of Florida. 
and I think second or third assistant general or whatever. Anyway, so that got around. That didn't help my daddy any. <laughs> so we were like renegades from the beginning. So I get it honest, amen? amen? But I'm telling you, I don't like religion of any flavor. Because it's all the same devil. And what it is, is the same thing we're talking about here, we're going to read in a second, is the thing about um, whatever you've had, you want to hang on to it, and you're afraid to let go for something better. Yeah. That's the whole deal. This is why people have fought against uh, any revelation of finished work or grace. They're afraid. I've heard them say, I'm afraid. Well, I wouldn't confess that anyway. Well, I'm afraid if this thing gets to going, that people, this has been like announced really loud from big pulpits. If this grace thing gets out of hand, people are going to be committing sins. I'm thinking, what do you think they're doing now? I mean, if legalism worked, okay, I'm coming. I'm getting bold this year. This is the year of Pastor David blowing out the the smokestacks. But if legalism worked to keep people in line and holy and living right, then maybe there might be some some merit in looking at it. But it's not. In fact, Paul said, you think he might know something about this subject? Paul said, in fact, the, the strength of sin is the law. And he said, the more that you preach law, the more sin you're going to have. Yeah, so they're afraid. So it's like a baby. Has anybody ever been around when a baby was weaned off the bottle to, you know, solid food like Gerber? Anybody ever been around a baby like that? I'm telling you, it's a fight. They want, they don't want to let go because they're thinking. <laughs> If I don't have this bottle, I'm going to starve to death and die. This is what they're thinking. But and, and this is plenty. But we know they will not grow. They will not be healthy. Their brain cells won't develop because it's true. They have done they have done research in third world countries where there were mal where, where malnutrition was a factor, and and it 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 causes uh, there to be. I'll just say it, it really almost causes brain damage. Because if you don't get the nutrition into the child at the critical years, then it's almost irreversible. So, you understand. So they're thinking, I want to just stay on the bottle. And this is what it means to be like a baby Christian or whatever. And some people's been in church for 50 years, like... Scarlett and I in the ministry for 50 years. You know, they've been there forever, and they're, and they're scared to death to let go. Well, give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. That is not victory in that. I don't, I don't, I don't want old-time religion. I want the new covenant. Which is older, by the way, anyway, than old-time religion. Old-time religion ain't all that old. It's maybe like a hundred years old or something, what they're calling that. 
We're singing the old song. Well, what year was that written? 1942. Well, the book of Hebrews was written uh, a few years before 1942. So I'll go with that. If old wins the day, then Hebrews wins it all. Think about that. Well, that's what Grandma had. Well, great. Praise the Lord. I'm sure she walked in all the light she had, or my mama, or somebody like that. Right? Wonderful. Not throwing a rock at anyone. If you're going to preach grace, you've got to be graceful. But, say, well, there's been people that's got a hold of that grace message and lost their minds. Listen, there's been people that's got a hold of John 3.16 and lost their minds. What does that have to do with anything? There's crazy people, like Brother Hagan used to say. We talked about it today again. He said, people say, some of those Rhema graduates have really caused problems. And he said, I'm not surprised. He said, any, you do any kind of Bible school, you're going to have crazy people that show up. If it's successful, there's a percentage of crazy just in the world. So they said, well, they got out of school and went and caused a problem. He, and they were crazy. He said, look, they were crazy when they came. They were crazy while they were here. And they were crazy after they left. Right. Don't blame me. Yeah. I like that. Okay, you, you're wondering, is he ever going to read Hebrews? I don't know. Don't, don't, I don't know. Don't mess with me tonight. All right. I'm kidding. Hebrews 3, um, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, everybody say today. today. Okay, let's get into today. If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness. What was the problem? We're going to read. When your fathers tempted me, Proved me and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always um, err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my works program, 19 Steps to Victory. Does it say that? My what? My rest. Woo! There's a rest in God. Aren't you happy for that? Is there a time to fight the good fight of faith? Yes. But how do you fight it? You fight it by resting in what the Word says. You fight it by resting and accepting what has been done for us. Take heed, brethren... And sister, I'm going to add, let there, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So an evil heart of unbelief is a heart that refuses to enter into rest. We, another old song we used to sing is we'll work till Jesus comes. Well, I get that. We're gonna, we're gonna preach the gospel and we're gonna win the lost and we're gonna go to the mission field and we're gonna build churches and Bible schools and whatever, I, and orphanages and things. Well, I get it. I get that. That's fine. But 
it's so erotic, isn't it? Is is that you go, we'll work till Jesus comes and and is is there any resting available for any of that, or we're just gonna work? Remember that country western song? Work your fingers to the bone. What do you get, bony fingers, you know? <laughs> Tammy Wynette or somebody. Um and evil, what is he calling unbelief an evil, uh, he's calling it an evil heart. In departing from the living God. Oh wow, so if you don't enter into the rest of God, you are departing from God. Why? Because he doesn't have a merit program. You understand? You can't merit what has been given as a gift. But exhort one another daily. In other words, let's build each other up. Let's not tear each other down. Well, your problem is... No. You know, the church house needs to be the place of encouragement. And if you come in the door a little down in the dumps, that somebody greets you and smiles at you and, and, and says, hey, you're gonna make it. Come on. We're gonna, we're in this together. Praise the Lord. Not, well, if you would learn to get the sin out of your life. You know, it's that, that face. Oh, gosh. I've had, I've had the, I've had the, the most horrible prophecies given to me before, like bum prop, I call them bum prophecies. Like they're a dud, you know? The donut that didn't quite fry, you know? I mean, you know, I have somewhat ought against thee, saith the Lord. I'm thinking, well, first of all, I know that's not from God because he ain't got anything against me. I'm, I'm the, I'm a favor, I'm favored of the Lord. So don't come with me with a prophecy, you know, a hikimoshandai and then a, well, the Lord says, you know, <laughs> right? Your problem is, well, your problem is you're listening to the devil. How about that? Okay. I don't know what's got me going today. Poor Scarlet has to live with this. Exhort one another daily. In other words, build each other up. Come on. I still got time. I got ten minutes. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. He's not wanting them to slip back into an old pattern. Glory. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden, uh, once again, repeating, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. However, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see 
that they could not enter in, not because of judgment, not because God got mad and swore against them. It says because of unbelief, they could not enter uh, into rest. Now, keep reading here because we're going to get to the grand finale, yay, yay, fireworks. Let us therefore fear, or in other words, have a reverential concern, a reverential fear here, lest a a, um, a promise being left us or entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Wow. Praise God. We're not going to come short of the rest part. There's a time to rebuke and bind and tell the devil to take his hands off your body, off your money, off your life in some way. There's a time to, to, to really get, you know, kind of in the fight, that down and dirty, as they say. Get down with your bad self. But that shouldn't be the story of your life in Christ, is a fight. There is a time to fight, but there's and you fight from the position of rest. You fight from the position of I'm in grace. I have the favor of God. I'm not trying to win God over to my side. He's already I'm on his side. He's already on my side. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find grace to help in time of need. Not uh, well, Lord, you know I've I've missed it. I don't, you know. Well, that's just no victory in any of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so look at this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, and not being mixed with faith to them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into what? Nineteen steps to fight the devil to No. Enter into rest. Oh, it's just so much easier just to just to accept what Jesus did for you. And say to the devil. And say, you know, I am aware, because the Bible says I am, I am aware of your devices. And I see what you're trying to do here. And I see how you're trying to discredit me. And I see what you're trying to prove. And you're already defeated. You were defeated at Calvary. He was actually defeated before Calvary, to be honest. It's just that it was... Everything all was finished. Jesus said that on the cross to Telestai. Now he didn't actually say to Telestai because that's Greek and he wasn't speaking Greek. And the, but anyway, it's the same meaning of whatever the Aramaic word for that would be. We could look it up and try to pronounce that one. But to Telestai is hard enough, isn't it? Especially in Tarpon Springs, you go around saying that and they're going to correct the way you're saying it. Because there's a couple of Greek people running around with those fisherman hats. Just over there, right over there. Oh, praise God. He said, For we which have believed, 
Say, that means me. That means me. Say it like you mean it. That means me. Yeah. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So he keeps talking. He finally gets down to, we'll just shorten it up here. Look at verse uh, 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Well, glory, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. Amen. Who are the people of God? Anybody who believes on the finished work of Christ. That means Jews. That means, you know, traditional uh, denominational Christians. That means Catholics. That means heathens from the street. That means, you know, drug addicts, prostitutes, you name it. Anybody or senators or presidents. Anybody can be considered the people of God if they will enter into rest and believe it. That's the gospel. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Like, you don't try to earn what's already been given. Let us labor. Oh, see, Brother David, there it is. Let us labor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let, I can't, I can't do that in certain places. You have to remind me, Scarlett. For let us labor. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to labor. We're going to work till Jesus comes. You know. Now, let us labor, therefore, <laughs> to enter into that rest. What's our work? Our labor is to stay in rest. Sometimes it's an effort, to be honest, to stay in rest. And not be tempted to try to help Jesus finish what he finished. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Whoa, praise God. No, no, about you. I don't want to fall in the desert and be devoured by wild animals. <laughs> Spiritually speaking. Amen. I'm going to enter into the rest of God. And sometimes you have to get up in the morning first thing and remind yourself, I'm entering into the rest. Amen. The devil will say, well, you need to worry about this. You better worry. You know, whatever he says, his garbage. And you have to go, no, blah, 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 blah. I'm not listening to you. I'm only entering into rest. Thank you, Jesus. You, Jesus, paid it all. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's pray together. We're right on the time here. And besides, we have some kind of tropical storm or something going here. Welcome to Florida. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the word tonight. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, the finished work of Christ. All the blessings of heaven are yea and amen in Christ. Father, we thank you this week for health and healing and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Uh, those of you that are watching by internet, uh, you receive these prayers. 
and uh, and you can uh, participate with us however any way you want to from your home or or wherever you are are at. We know that we sometimes have people even from other nations that are watching the messages, and so we thank God for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Be there or be square.